Hello again, friend. Can you tell me how to get to Chaosophy Street? You look lost. It's okay. I'm lost too. Maybe we can be lost together. Maybe we'll find it. Oh, but I should tell you. My name's Taylor Atkins. Let's see, where would I start? I know if my wife were introducing me, she would want to let everybody know that I translate French philosophy. Of course, <laughs> you know, kind of like mom, she, she'd want everybody to find that <laughs> to be like this, you know, this esoteric sort of, uh, I don't know what you would call it. I guess the uniquest thing about me. And uh, suppose I have devoted most of my adult life to that end. But if you were meeting me in the wild, that would be the, or they'd be one of the last things I would tell you. I find it a little embarrassing for me and the person I'm becoming acquainted with. Online is a different story, of course. Um, at least on Twitter, which is my main social media outlet, platform, however you want to call it. Of course, I have that kind of front and center in my bio. And suppose it's, it's sort of like, reminds me a little bit of, of Zizek, and, you know, him talking about why he can't stop talking, right? Because it's this performance of a of an iterative identity and it has to keep on going, right? As though it might slide off the tracks and derail itself. And also prove to reveal the nothingness, you know, behind the face, so to speak. Which is always a horror story, of course. I have a similar problem, I think talking too much and I know that at some point it can can tap into a sort of lecture mode you know pedantic type of elaboration of thought at its worst right at its worst it's that right at, at its worst it's it's just this you know as I call it, word vomit, this logaria that has to flow. And it's as though when you go faster and faster. Today, I'm not going to try to do that. I'm try to talk to you a little bit more about a certain turn of phrase that's kind of come to crystallize in my my little my little unconscious has become kind of a mantra for me. And if you guys know me, at least my online persona, <laughs> not in real life, I think I would I think it would terrify people. I just started walking up to people and seeing old friends and calling them 
this turn of phrase that I'm about to explore with you. And I've come to love it. I even come to provide an abbreviation for it because it is not a brief turn of phrase, but it's a beautiful one. And I think it deserves, I think in that sense, it deserves to be said that this episode, this initial first episode of Chaosophy Street is brought to you by the term coined by Felix Guattari, non-totalizable intensive multiplicity. Non-totalizable intensive multiplicity. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue. And if you are into the brevity thing, you we might abbreviate and call it NTEMS, which is perhaps also not the most beautiful abbreviation that rolls off the tongue either, but NTEMS. I think what I like about NTEM or in the plural NTEMS is already brings to mind and sort of <laughs> well, it brings to mind the notion of the intimate intimacy, but also to intimate, right? To provide a hint to an aspect of something. So just to think it from the beginning, obviously there's the non and in Tim. But the non isn't doing much without what it modifies. So non-totalizable, which immediately needs to be pointed out. It's not necessarily a negative, right? A non-totalizable is a positive aspect. It can't be summed up even with an abbreviation or with a concept, with this notion, but non-totalizable. It's not that it's necessarily infinite, right? It's not that it's some sort of numerical infinity, which would bring me to Max's point, right? The next, the I obviously, for saying this episode is brought to you by the letters I T I and M or N T I and M. So for non-totalizable and we are intensive multiplicities, then it's not a quantitative factor. It's also not a qualitative factor. It can't be summed up in those ways. I think it's important to juxtapose to juxtapose intim with some, you know, there are some scholastic terms that try to like get at this, right? So there's there's this notion of quiddity or whatness. Um, sometimes there's the notion of of quantity or quotity, right? Which is kind of a you could say it's a thatness, but it's all it also means a whatness, right? It's the identity of a thing. There's hexaity, right? Which in 
Latin hike, right? Is this one, this very one? And there's something beautiful about calling people hexades. The problem with that though, not only with the deictic function of pointing something out, um, pointing at it, saying this one, not that one, um, is also, it has this tendency to elide the fact that, you know, as, as Zard already says in his sort of his, his little, his little handbook on why existentialism is a, is a humanism, you know, we're, we're not tools. We're not made for one function, not just not tools. We're not completed, right? We are not individuals in any sort of concrete sense to be pointed to, right? We're, we're sort of always in this, this flow, this ongoing negotiation um, of, of individuation, right? We are not just products of individuation. We are systems of individuation. We are individuating systems. We are individuated in multiple ways, right? Not just physically and biologically and, and psychically and trans individually, right? We, all of those subtend one another and, and boost one another, right? They, it forms a veritable process. And I think that's a key word here too, right? Is this notion of, and it's not a process necessarily guided by something. I mean, we are the subject. And so, you know, I say we are the subject if insofar as we take ourselves as subjects that, that participate in perceptive and effective and emotive worlds, sort of orient us in that world and tap us into that pre-individual milieu from whence we become charged with with whether we call it life or vigor or energy, you know, these sort of these sort of big brain terms. Um, the whole point is that we're, we're sort of always tapping into that. And, you know, it's precisely when we stop individuating that we, we also perish. And so, I love the notion of hexaity, that this oneness, it does give us that kernel of a feeling unique. And, and we could also add in here hexaity. I mean, we could add in singularity, um, which is, you know, and with in a certain strain of French theory uh, obviously has all kinds of implications, all kinds of, also it's, uh, it's, it's you know, it's become very popular, right? And, either circles with, you know, Gilbert C. Bondon or, or Gilles Deleuze, Felix Watery, you know, this notion of a singularity is beautiful too, except that again, like hexaity, it also implies a kind of either a oneness, which um, would then, if we weren't careful quantitatively would reduce us to that, uh, to that oneness as though it were complete and self sufficient and but it also singularity implies a kind of either being cut off or an exclusive disjunction from other intims right because it's precisely 
the fact that I can't even say that the non intensive, the non totalizable intensive multiplicity that I am is not necessarily mine. I don't necessarily own it. It's, it's always already in a kind of, you know, kind of torrential vortex with, with other intims and, and, and it's, it's not the same at, at any one moment, right? It's, it's constantly shifting and we're constantly shifting and we're sort of writing it and writing that, that sort of wave of, of individuality and the different encounters and different situations in our lives. And yet we are still that intim, even if it is only provisionally mine or only through consciousness or whatever, you know, when we can try to step back and do this reflexive moment and, and, and sort of take ourselves as this, as this quiddity, as this whatness, right. As this, this, this oneness. Um, and that's where we get to another kind of scholastic term, this notion of ipsity, this notion of a, of a selfness of a one selfness or an it selfness, right? So this notion of whether it be this notion of an interiority, right? Where we're all our, you know, this, this interiority and, or, you know, this unconscious, wherein all our little, our little data is stored, all our, all our thoughts and feelings and whatnot, you know, there's, there's only, again, a provisional kind of access to that. There's only a provisional way of tapping into that. Even if, you know, even if it is us, you know, us taking ourselves as, as an object to point out to an ipsity, a selfness, um, again, is a, is a kind of construction, right? It's a kind of fiction. Um, and Levinas, you know, will start with the sort of separated ego and the ipsity that's sovereign and self constituent and, uh, you know, ruler of itself, so to speak over its desires and emotions and feelings and thoughts, etc. And he'll argue that what's also needed in order for that kind of social dialectic, that trans individual moment to work is not just the face, but an illity, right? A third person-ness, a, a, a they-ness that already constitutes or is, you know, co-constitutive with the I, with the self in this ongoing, you know, theater of individuation, this drama of individuation that, you know, that, that founds either the social or ethics or however he'll say, right? So all of these things together, help to shed a little bit more light on what I've come to reflect upon with this term of, uh, of non totalizable intensive multiplicities, right. Of, of intims. And there are a lot of you out there with whom I've interacted, um, who've done so much to, to boost my own, you know, if, if we can put it in Spinoza's or Deleuzian way, right? This question of what a, what an intim can do, <laughs> right? And uh, what it can do 
as it um, is boosted to the limit. Because I do think of it as as a kind of as a kind of boosting. I I, I do feel this, you know, whether we call it vibe or whether we call it sort of these um, these waves of intensities that propel me along and keep me doing things like this, talk, talking about talking about things that I'm I'm interested in, uh, be it this this little phrase, this little mantra that's kind of you know born this bored this hole into my my brain and lodged there and and kind of parasitically like spread out and you know kind of rewired my my thinking but also reoriented like my feeling and therefore you know my being and my becoming etc so with that in mind kind of laying the foundations here right just the the little bit of of talk around this notion um is a lot of friends a lot of you, a lot of you, all you intims. And I can't name all of you here today. I hope to be able to make a growing list of, of people to whom to, to wish good tidings, right? To wish good times and to wish all sorts of good things for, right? Love, appreciation, acceptance but also hardship right hardship in in the singular sense in which you as an intim can can experience for your experience it for yourself and the reason why i also wish you hardships is because i want you to be able to you know test your strength whether whether it be physical whether it be mental, spiritual, again, trans individual. I mean, let it be intense, right? You know, let, let that sort of rush of, of forces flood through you and, and take you well beyond what you may have imagined yourself capable of. And it's obviously, you know, Hardship in this sense too is is kind of like how Freud talks about happiness, right? It's it is a damming up, a welling up of of pressures of these forces, and it's not something that I would ever wish on anyone to be a permanent thing, right? Let it be. I mean, let the let that obstacle to your to your drive to your desire intensify it, intensify you. So in that sense, I have some some people I would love to to say hi to, and I know that while we may have not met in real life, um, quote unquote real life, I mean you're all very real to me and also dear to me. So no particular order, and knowing that I that this list is 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 not exhaustible. So if I leave you out, um, I'll, I'll definitely get you in the future. First, I have to say happy birthday to Rose. I had a birthday a few days ago, as you guys may know. And so, Rose, I hope you're celebrating. I hope you're enjoying, you know, your your books. I know you got some Derrida, some Lacan, some Fisher, some 
some uh, Frederick Jameson. I think that sounds great. Oh, and I know that you're reading the Adorno negative dialectics. I think that's wonderful. Love to talk to you about it sometime, especially in relation to Deleuze. I think that there's all kinds of fun stuff going on there. So happy birthday, Rose. Uh, Phil, I got to give you a shout out as well. I think that you are one of the most just um, positive influences. Um, you're not the only one out there, but you're definitely one of the most positive and you've, you know, you're always cheering me on and you're always wishing me well. And you're always trying to boost not just my signal, but my feelings of self-worth and, um, and you're, you're inspiring me to, to do more and to be more and to, to not, <laughs> not be, you know, my own worst saboteur. So Phil, I, I wish you well. I also have to wish Will, um, Asha, I gotta wish Will, I will you to be well. I wish you well. And, and I know that you and Phil, hopefully, and Rose, you know, just to mention all of you is, I hope it's all <laughs> very clear that I want to talk to all of you guys on here. Um, so next time, will we spend a few hours in, in the very late hours of the morning or very early hours of the morning, however you look at it, right? Um, next time we talk, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to make sure we capture it and do something with it. Cause, cause I do think that you are worth, um, the effort to think with, and you're worth the, um, you yourself have the, the worth of a, of a thinker. And I just want you to remember that whenever it, things get hard and, and sometimes creating, producing, writing, sometimes it does get hard. And, and I know that sometimes it feels lonely as though we're, we're the only ones to think these thoughts or to, to do this work. And just want you to know, I want to help you in any way I can. And, uh, and just let you know that, you know, we're, we're all a part of this, this community, this beautiful community of, of intims. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't obviously say, say hi to Coop. Coop, you also had a birthday a few days ago, I guess five, who's counting, maybe six now. And, you know, we share a birthday. So that was, that was cool to be able to celebrate that with you. Coop, I can't tell you how important you've been in my life for this past year um, or this past year and a half, really. And just, I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by, uh, by what we've gotten to do together, what we're going to continue to do together. And, um, you know, the machine of unconscious happy hour is, is an amazing program. You, deserve all kinds of props for putting that together and, and for taking the risk, you know, on, on me and, and, you know, giving me the, the chance to, to keep doing this thing that I love, which is just talking and, and hopefully, and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, entertaining and, and enlightening, you know, in those rare moments when I can. And with that in mind too, I have to, I have to say hi to DC, DC, you're great. Um, don't work yourself to death. I'm proud of you. 
and you know you your your voice and your input and uh and in, in so much that i've been thinking through lately is is so so very important um if you guys don't know dc you should you should check out his his blog um suedo analysis right with pseudo misspelled it's kind of think of like a blue suede suit but with a p you know in front of it obviously um dc your voice is so very important to keep to, to provide the that analytic um framework that practical you know that real life experience is um is obviously a, a an important vantage point and so keep you know keep elaborating from from that point of view because it's a you have a not just an interesting voice but an important one i obviously have to also give a shout out to alfonso theory analysis um check out alfonso's blog alfonso is just just a wonderful guy and you know he's he again um is just been um really rooting for me to do well and, and always always boosting my signals my my feelings and pushing me to to think very things that i felt like i i knew quite well and, and to 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 re to approach them with new eyes right because there is a way which we do kind of get um there's a kind of i don't want to call it a mental inertia right but there is a kind of um you can call it habit there is a there's a kind of recall and an inertia of recall where it almost becomes like a refrain or or but like a sterile one right and so so i always i always think it's it's really great when i get to talk to you um so that so that i i kind of feel rejuvenated and and approach these these old things with with new eyes um gosh who else definitely have to give a shout out to ian ian you always make me laugh you're hilarious um i know one day we'll get to uh i'd love to have you on we could talk about kind of more everyday quotidian things like you know fucking wrestling and uh video games obviously weed um i'm sure you're the only one in the world who enjoys weed definitely have to give a shout out to tegan tegan i want you to stay safe i know you're putting yourself out in harm's way you know protesting almost daily just keep doing you and i know you're so young and so you feel invincible and, and immortal but just just remember your uh I want your safety to be be a priority because um, uh, I wish you very, very well. And and it'll be fun to to get to have you on and I'll get to return the favor to the many times that you've hosted me. So I really look forward to that in the future. Um, I'll save some other names for next week because I still want to give a shout out to to Lily, Jamie, Jolene, Robin, Jeremy, Lenny, Vernon, Tom, Adam, 
I definitely should at least by say a few words about Craig, Craig, you know, I'm so very happy with the, uh, with the hoodie you made and you know, it's, it's my baby now. It, I love the assemblage of the man in the top hat riding a giant snail, that kind of, that, that weird, uh, you know, snail chevalier. And, um, and you took that beautiful proof script and wrote out the word of the day, our word of the day, non-totalizable intensive multiplicities. So I, I thank you for Crit Drip. I thank you for Acid Horizon, another amazing podcast. Um, and I hope to get to talk to you as well as soon as possible. Now that I've said I and shouted out to a lot of you, I should say a little bit more about myself. As you know, as I mentioned earlier, my name is Taylor Adkins. When I was growing up as a kid, one of the nicknames uh, that the boys would call me um, was Tay-Tay. And I think that that was an attempt to feminize me. And at first, of course, came off as, a, as an insult because that's what little boys do. That's what little children do. And yet I've come to really grow to love that name, that kind of affectionate name. Tay-Tay. So you can call me Tay-Tay. Um, you can call me Taylor Atkins. I wear, you know, insofar as I'm also an intim, um, like you fellow intims, we all have our different sobriquets and our different nicknames and our different sort of um, our little, the terms of love and endearment and acceptance and, and, and also wonder, right? These terms of these non-totalizing terms. Um, but I, I do have to say a few, I mean, I know I'd be remiss if I didn't make the joke that, about, especially with my last name being so malleable, you know, Taylor Adkins literally just means, you know, Adkins at least means like, you know, kin of Adam. Right. Um, so it has a very, you know, banal, etymology in that sense um and whether or not you kind of i mean so in the, but it also like harkens back to the obviously the the first name right the first man and who himself plays that name game with god right where he he has to do it because the angels can't <laughs> god brings out all these animals right and i don't know we call this what's this in tim there's a fucking it's a penguin right so you know adam's um playing with the shifting of names and this um and there's also some dominion in that or whatever but i i like to think of you know adkins as, as more as just this sort of easily modifiable you can you can you know you can do anything with it and so i'd be remiss if i didn't say some of the ones that just come to the top of my head um you know, Taylor Chadkins, Taylor Gladkins, Taylor Sadkins, Madkins, Badkins, Tradkins, right? It's just, it's just this whole thing. And that, and, 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 and all of those in, in, in different ways and are just different aspects and vantage points of, of sort of this, you know, this performative identity that, that, 
that I'm here doing, um, you know, we could just say that there's just aspects of, of, of the in Tim that is, that is Tay Tay Taylor Atkins. But there's one that, uh, this is kind of to give just a small, um, so we'll, I'll take you down memory lane. And for me, memory lane, that's where I feel like, um, you know, that's where the cop pulled me over on memory lane. So I'm going to be kind of stopped for a moment and, and, and take you back to one of the most interesting names that my friend made up for me is uh, DJ Dirty Napkins. And I'll try to give a summary of the story. Um, when my grandmother's second husband passed away, she came and moved in with us and we built, my parents built a kind of a wing of the house for her. And, um, you know, she was getting older and, but she always used to, you know, she always just keep cook these, these huge meals. And that was like her favorite thing to do. So she would, she would want to feed me, you know, and I'm a beanpole. I'm a, I'm a fucking skinny guy. And so she, that would be her one way of, you know, trying to, trying to do her grandmother thing and take care of me and make me a sandwich or something. So, so one day she, she made me and my friend Phil sandwiches, just simple things. And, um, you know, she had this, she had this, she had this accent, this Texas accent and she was getting older and her voice was getting a little frail. So, um, as she's handing us the food on these little trays, she, she, she asked, and this will be my best impression of her without doing her into service. She said, um, do you need a napkin tailor? And, uh, and my friend, my friend, Phil, he, he just immediately started like just busting out laughing. Um, you know, and sweet grandma, you know, I just kind of rushed her out of there. No, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Grandma. I'm good. Mimi. And, um, and that just became like a refrain for weeks with him was, was, do you need a napkin tailor? And, um, somehow that phrase, uh, DJ rhyming or, or seeming like Tay Tay, but also, you know, it's an artist, it's an artist name. It's the, it's the performance name. Um, one day he, he just started calling me DJ dirty napkins and, uh, and it, it's all linked to this very strange story with my grandmother, you know, and I think there's something about guys trying to like, you know, ah, you know, parents or grandparents are they're trying to be sweet to you. So of course it became this this object of ridicule. Um, the other memory I want to bring out, just to talk, and this is still this is still really about intims. I'll tell you one thing that I learned as a child. I'll tell you a little story about me and my dad. One thing I learned as a child is that if you're going to mix sports together, different sports. You should really think about the, uh, <laughs> about how they pair together well as a, as an assemblage. And so, um, for lack of doing that, there's this funny incident where we had a basketball, we were waiting on my sister. She was doing a track meet, right? So we're up at the school and we're not at the track meet because track is boring. And, um, I mean, and it wasn't, it was a practice meet. So 
So to be fair, dad and mom always went to all our track meets. So Laura, if you're listening, um, you know, sorry about this one. So it was a, it was, it was this practice track meet and we were up at the basketball courts and we had this kind of flat basketball. So playing basketball really wasn't going to work out. I mean, it kind of sucked, you know, if you can't dribble the ball and we had this Louisville slugger, this baseball bat. And so we didn't have a baseball. So we improvised. Right. And, and, you know, I was like, Hey dad, toss me the ball. Right. And I got the Louisville slugger in my hands and, you know, I would, I would hit it hit this deflated ball, kind of try to hit it back to him. Um, and that was fun for about three or four minutes until suddenly this one perfect strike, right? He, he threw the ball, just kind of tossed it at me. And I probably tried to hit it as hard as like I could. I'm sure that's what happened. So I hit the ball and the bat ricochets and smacks me right in the middle of the forehead. I mean, just that, that force was conserved, right? That was the action reaction. That force got, um, got reflected back onto me. And, you know, if I, if I'd, if I'd have been stronger, I could have won a Darwin award, but, um, but, uh, it didn't hurt. The, the bludgeoning was the, the force actually was, was, was not so bad. So I didn't get a concussion or anything like that. But the, the grain of the wood uh, scraped my forehead and I had to get stitches. I mean, I was just bleeding all over myself. And um, even though it was my idea, because he was the adult in the, uh, in the situation, he, uh, my mom and my sister were very, very angry at him. You know, I was, I was, I was probably about 11. So, um, yeah, he got in a lot of trouble for that. And uh, I always always try to apologize to him about that for him getting so much shit uh for my you know my dumb idea which i guess since he played along with it he kind of endorsed it so you know maybe he does deserve a little blame but i never blamed you dad don't worry about that and you know honestly that story the reason why i wanted to share that with you is is because it really kind of says a lot about the simple things that I enjoyed in that case, it didn't really turn out well, you know, in that case, obviously it, we could say that the results of that experiment, right. Um, didn't necessarily turn out well, but just, just, just those, just that little pleasure of, of doing something stupid. And I say stupid in, in the retroactive sense, right. But in the moment, it's just this, it's, it's an absurd phenomenon. It's, um, there's this thing, I mean, these tools, these implements are not being used for, for, for their, um, design purposes, but they're kind of, you know, it's this makeshift bricolage, this kind of, um, you know, this kind of primitive engineering of, 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 a of something to do something to do with dad, you know, and, um, and in that case, that experiment failed, but it just kind of showed that no matter what it was, right, that just that, just that being with someone whom I, you know, always considered my best friend, just that participation in, in, in a silliness and a kind of silliness, a kind of diversion, right? The essence of, of diverting oneself, you know, and with others, right? So this, this kind of play, this, it's absurd play. Um, just a little screenshot, you know, in my head of 
of the the kind of simple things that that one that one takes joy in, right? And I I think that that's you know yeah we I guess we took those 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 <laughs> we took those uh those bodies to the limit of what they were going to do together, and there was a kind of a, a shock done to uh to the ball that that redounded upon the bat onto my head right you can just kind of diagram it there's this violence of <laughs> of thinking um which which kind of like brings everything around back to you know this discussion of intims and for me i think that i like the term precisely because i have a i have a thing about proper names I think we all do to a certain extent, some more or less, you know, it, and it always depends on the situation. But as soon as I am in the presence of someone whom I have developed an acquaintanceship with, you know, and, and then ideally a friendship, I think my preferred term for friend in, in the, in the wild is not just for me to use for others, but for others to use for me is, 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 uh, is the word buddy. I like being called, I like being called buddy. Some people don't like that. And, um, I had, I had a friend who, who, who really didn't like that, um, for her own just personal reasons, but everyone else I've known, um, I've always preferred that term rather than calling someone by their first name. You know, for me calling someone by their first name has always been something's wrong especially like with my wife, you know, if she uses my first name, something's wrong, something's happened or she's trying to get my attention and I'm not doing a good enough job at paying it. So I always, I always like this term, this term buddy. Um, and I think everyone has their, their own preferred terms, right. For, for their friends, for, you know, people, who at least could potentially be friends who we're friendly terms with. Um, and it's possible that buddy has masculine overtones. And I think that may be why my friend Tara didn't like me calling her buddy. Um, I think that would vary from person to person and how they, they dealt with it. I just kind of like to think of buddy as a, as an even more succinct way of, saying intim um but an intim whom i am associating feelings of friendship and 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 becoming aware of of you know who they are as as a person right these friendly intims right or buddies i find the term to be very inclusive just of, of, a, of a whole range a whole just spectrum of, of feelings and, and emotions and aspirations and hopes and dreams and, and wishes. And I hope with that, hope with this offering of, 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 of thinking that I have sort of put forth here, just gives a little bit more of an intimation about why I find this term 
intim, non-totalizable intensive multiplicity to be so so moving and so so raw, um, sort of visceral for me. And I hope that I hope that all of you, whether actual or potential virtual friends, I hope that all of you have come to see something, something worth um, conserving, right? In this, in this unwieldy phrase, something valuable, maybe a little kernel of, of truth in it. And with that, I'll leave you. And I hope that we'll get to explore other concepts and, and, and talk with, and have other voices involved in this, in this search, this search for Chaos V Street in Theory Town. And that it's okay to be, to be lost, especially if we can be lost together.